Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 59, as Game 1 has finally come to an end after the third overtime, which was a wild ride. I have a lot to say about this game. A lot of it's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. So if you want a positive podcast, maybe just fast forward to the Andy, excuse me, the Andy parts. Uh, because I'm going to be all over the map today. Uh, I have a lot of frustration. I need to get all of it out. It was tough for me to fall asleep last night. It was just a complete disaster and a complete different way I thought my night was going to end up, to be honest. So here we are the day after. I'm as as calm, cool, collected as I'll ever be, unless we win 10 nothing in game two, then I'll feel better. But I got to start off the podcast with asking Andy, how are you doing? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think I'm probably feeling like a lot of Rangers fans, uh, a little bit better than I was feeling after the, that game ended last night. Just, uh, it's tough. It's a really tough way to, to lose game one. Um, just staying up that late and just having to turn off the TV and being so tired and feeling like all, you know, like I said, I, I am recovering from COVID. So my heart, uh, it was definitely the effects of, of how draining and, and nerve wracking that entire game was, was definitely amplified a bit. I just felt like a, uh, empty husk by the time it was over. But, you know, I mean, the smoke clears and, you get to digest it a little bit more and listen to discourse on it, on the game from just pundits and fans. And, you know, I think you, you can then maybe look upon it with not, not being so raw. So yeah, I have lots of feelings on it and we will get to them. So, I mean, but yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, not the, obviously not the way the Rangers and the fans wanted this team to, to start uh, the playoffs, but I don't know. There's, there was a lot to digest and take away from this game. So I'm sure we'll just, we should just get into talking about it. Yeah. I mean, there is so much to unpack. I don't even know where to start. Uh, And I feel like I should probably start with how I feel about the entirety of the game. Uh, 
it, obviously we came out to a hot start, right? That was an unbelievable first period. We were all over the Penguins. You're seeing tweets from people saying that the Rangers are banned from Mizzou for beating the Penguins or, you know, for hitting the Penguins so much. Like it, it was just a dream come true. It was honestly a dream period. You knew Pittsburgh was, you know, not going to roll over and play dead. But for the New York Rangers, that was a perfect period, a borderline perfect period. I, they had obviously, uh, you know, some hiccups where they gave, you know, score, scoring opportunities. And, you know, but at the end of the day, you were up one nothing. And, you know, you scored on a power play goal. Adam Fox got, you know, everything going. Uh, just a great shot from the point. And you felt like the Rangers could be unbeatable. And you probably felt like that a little bit into the second period when Cop scored his goal. And then you just saw what a veteran team, a veteran coach can do instantaneously was make adjustments. Shuffle the lines. I think the best thing to happen to the Pittsburgh Penguins is Raquel getting hurt and having uh, Kapanen move up because uh, he added speed. The Rangers could not keep up. The Rangers were not in shape. They got beat all over the ice, essentially from oh, just went off from the second, the middle of the second period on. They got beat all over the ice. Pittsburgh was spread out. They threw pucks into dead, dead ice and beat them to it. I, I Listen, the Rangers had their opportunities, but it was pathetic because they could not beat a backup goaltender in DeSmith. They could not beat a, a backup's backup goaltender in Louis Domingue King, who will be referred to as King Louis from here on out because he just owns the New York Rangers. And it's just a head scratcher, a, a two-goal lead blown at home. Uh, the Rangers never made adjustments. The young kids, who everyone is claiming played a great game, they, they had no gas. They had no energy. They couldn't be played. They, Lafreniere was skating around. He looked like, you know, he, he had just crushed a six-pack. His face was so red. He couldn't breathe. Kako had a strong game for Kako, but you couldn't rely on him. He was too slow. I mean, Hedl played all right, but this... This we got blown out of the we got blown out of our own building. I mean, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they took control of that game. Getzel just used his speed, just beat our defensemen. Every single goal, they were by themselves in front of the net. It uh, it was just it was a, a perfect comeback for a veteran team, and this is why you don't pick your poison. And Andy, I'm gonna, this is my first irrational thought of many. But I think we have a, we would have had a better shot against the Panthers or or the Hurricanes. I really do. I I do not believe this team will beat Pittsburgh. And I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy, and you're probably smirking right now and laughing and shaking your head. But I I truly that's I I don't know how you could feel any differently. Uh, you know, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway for the Rangers, I think, is that you what they what the Penguins knew and that the Rangers have now realized is that. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And it's all well and good to come out like a house of fire and say, oh, we're going to have playoff intensity and playoff execution. But if you blow your wad <laughs> in one period, much like kind of, uh, I don't know what, a month ago against the Devils, you, you, yeah. it's just you can't, you have to, there's a balance. It's like, yes, the intensity levels up, but that doesn't mean you act you go balls to the wall for one period and then 
when you uh, inevitably run out of gas. I mean, as good as Ryan Reeves was throwing the body and hitting everything that moved, he was useless the rest of the game yeah. because he is old and slow and now old, slow and tired. And, you know, you mentioned like the rest of the team. Yeah, they know they, they you didn't that you saw them run out of gas, whereas the the Penguins who didn't really do much of anything in that first, uh, you know, they survived the first period, but they didn't really exert too much energy. They just were able to kind of, you know, they were giving up chances, obviously. And yeah, they almost got run out of the building in the first, but they didn't. They only gave it one goal. And that's a big credit to the Smith. And uh, yeah, and then just they had them right where they wanted them. So and then experience and calm nerves. And, you know, I'm sure Sullivan kind of, uh, you know, gave him a talking to in the locker room about what, about how they were going to write the ship. And they and they ex and Crosby, uh, you know, the the general follow, you know, followed the his commander's orders and made sure his team did it and they did and that was basically it i mean it's it's tough because that game there it's obviously not without controversy there's a lot of controversy um there's a lot of talk about the fact that the rangers only got one power play to pittsburgh's four uh and some phantom calls and soft calls and uh, obviously the kako overturned goal or excuse me the heedle overturned goal um, off the Kako power move to the net. But at the end of the day, they lost that game in the second period. I think everyone saw it. And if they, even if they had somehow won, uh, oh, you're good. You're good. Okay. Anyway, so even if they had somehow won that game <laughs> with that goal standing up, I mean, it, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, they, the big takeaway from that, game, they, they, I think they had something like set in through the court. And listen, granted, is three extra periods of hockey, but um, you know, seventy-five giveaways is not good enough. And I think the most painful thing is that some of their, you know, Panarin was clearly stifled last night. Um, he was visibly frustrated with his plays. He just didn't have as much poise and patience and just that good vibes around him as he usually does. He looked like he was either hurt, frustrated or both. Uh, other than the play on the shorthanded goal, Zabanajad and Kreider were, you know, I would, they had a couple of chances, but really not much to write home about. And yeah, the kid line, I would say, you know, if looking at their game in a vacuum, I thought at times, like other people did, that they were some of the only lines, at least offensively, making things happen. But that didn't save them from getting hemmed in by the top line, which is going to happen. It's Sidney Crosby and Gensel and and Kapanen versus them. So, uh, and yeah, and our, our D just in terms of breaking the puck out of their own end. Other than Adam Fox, no one could really make a good outlet pass. And it was Truba, unbelievable. I don't know yeah. what Truba was Truba was on last night, but he was just winging pucks into without looking into dead into bad areas so you but know there was one I, play i know Lindgren, Lindgren was hurt at this point but Lindgren passed the puck to i forget which player it was but it i'm not even kidding andy the the puck was 20 feet in front of the other like of the other player and they weren't even like on the move like a like he was getting yeah. pressured and rushing it was literally all the time in the world trying to make a pass and it was 20 feet ahead we were off that's uh yeah that's called the yips because you feel the game is slipping away from you now 
or that now all that the good runway and goodwill you had is now evaporated under your feet and now you have to execute and just feeling like the team can't score. So yeah, that was a lack of confidence because their execution level was fine in the first period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but they were tired. They were starting to get injured and hurt and they kind of blew their wad a bit. And yeah, I, again, a valuable playoff lesson. I mean, it stings to go to triple overtime and lose like that. Um, but I think recognizing that this team is still so young, you're obviously happy they get to experience to play in a game like this, even though the result ultimately kind of sucks and is, should hopefully be a wake-up call for them in terms of that their game management needs to be way, way, way better. Uh, and kind of realizing... Because I honestly, it's like the dominant offensive Rangers. We like I said, we saw that in the uh, the the game against New Jersey, where they won one period, and then they said we did it, <laughs> and then they got you know run out of the building. Thank God Igor was there because if he wasn't, this would be a much this game would not have made it to to triple overtime. You know what I mean? It, it, it's just you know. But again. Uh, where have I seen this before? Wasting, you know, uh, incredible goaltending displays and heroics. So, yeah, I hope the takeaway, at least from this one for this Rangers team, um, is that it's all about managing your energy, your execution. That's the the intensity of the playoffs, is the intensity is that everything is calculated and you you have to play up to a level, but you also have to not make mistakes. And they just kind of thought it was about upping their effort level and their plays and just not sometimes it's the, you know, yeah, you don't want to ice the puck, but instead of just throwing it blindly up the boards on your backhand or not, you know, or trying to go up the middle for no reason where a guy with the best hand-eye coordination in the league in Sidney Crosby can knock pucks down that you're trying to clear in your own zone. Uh, sometimes just take the icing, just flip it out. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, painful, I'm sure. An unfortunate lesson for the New York Rangers. But, uh, the only thing I will say is that, uh, if either for either team and you've, I've already, you've heard a few people echo this sentiment that the Penguins probably needed that win more than the Rangers did in the grand scheme of this series. Um, but yeah, obviously it's, it's, it was brutal at the time to be up that late and then have it end like that it was just not not fun i mean it wasn't it wasn't fun from the second period on like at that point you knew it was just happening um you just wanted something special to maybe happen you know i i thought um you know although i I didn't love fox's play throughout the whole game i mean you really can't write home about anybody's play except for igor you know i thought if the puck wasn't on Fox's stick in the offensive zone, there wasn't going to be a scoring chance. Uh, Panarin was fighting himself all night long. Like you said, he, he, he has to be hurt. There's no other, I've never seen Panarin like really, truly like that before. I mean, he was making the worst decision you could make with the puck every single time. And you can tell because he knew he was making the worst decision with the puck. He should, he shot when he should have passed. He should have passed when he should have shot. And it was like, you know, it, it's just, it, it was so frustrating to watch. And, you know, for him, it was even more frustrating to live it. And he was showing it too. It, 
So, you know, and that basically neutralized our second line because if Panarin's really not a threat, you know, Strom was just running around throwing the puck to God knows who. Um, Cop wasn't, you know, fast enough to really keep up and create anything on his own. Um, you know, Panarin did have moments where he would handle the puck perfectly fine, but like I said, he just made the wrong decision. And this is what I said going into the game. If we don't have our top two lines playing like top two lines, we're fucked. We're not going to beat the Pittsburgh. We're not going to beat anybody. You're not going to beat many teams, especially not the playoff team. And um, and that goes for any regular season game. You know, we're lucky that we had the season that we had and the players played like all-stars. You know, Chris Kreider, you know, I used to compliment him and applaud him for how much, how great of shape he keeps himself in. He looks exhausted. I like, I don't know what he was doing. It's a Benajad, Mr. Irrelevancy. I mean, he could wear an eye on his, his fucking jersey for being irrelevant. Like, he had one nice little pass to Kreider, who, you know, caught the Penguins off guard on a shorthand play. Great goal. But again, you know, we take a stupid penalty after that, give them the five on three, and, and, they, and they score, you know, to tie it right back up. It's like, the moment we had any momentum back after, you know, a tough, you know, second period, we just handed it right back to them. And, but, you know, listen, a lot of this though, you know, people can get mad at the Rangers, a lot of this. And, you know, we touched on this before you gotta, you gotta applaud the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, you're seeing a generational talent with Sidney Crosby. He is a top, in my opinion, a top three player ever to lace them up. I mean, it's, you know, he's with Gretzky, Lemieux, you know, Gordy Howe, uh, McDavid, you know, he's part of that special group Ovechkin, obviously, you know, a different type of player, but um, a great, great player. Nonetheless, uh, Malkin, uh, you know, listen, the Russians, believe it or not, they take steroids. I don't care. I will go down with that ship. Malkin takes steroids. I mean, all the Russians do it, uh, except for Igor, of course. No, but no, but Malkin was able to, you know, do what Malkin does best. And he gets in the guts of the ice. You saw him at the end of the game. He was still able to make plays. Um, he had the puck. I, I thought he was fighting the puck a little bit too. I think he had whatever Panarin was having. Again, it must have been like some of the Russian vodka. Maybe they went out together last night. But, you know, I, I thought, you know, he played a solid game for Kenny Malkin. And, um, you know, and Latang, I give the guy credit. He played a ton of minutes. He played great the entire game. I mean, again, another guy that historically just one of the best defensemen I think that I've seen do it. And you saw those three guys, and then you get players like Rust and, and Getzel, of course, that are just perfect players to play with those generational talents. And there you have a recipe for, you know, an upset. None, you know, essentially, since the Rangers were technically favored. But, um, Andy, I don't know. Do you have anything on Pittsburgh? Was there anything that kind of shocked you with them? No, I mean, again, it's, uh, they clearly. I'm half made... kidding with the Balkan and steroids. No, I, I know. have, I have, <laughs> I, know. I, I have heard that he does take steroids. But... I'm, listen, I'm, you know, I, I think half the league i think you can find there's probably uh trace amounts of something but yeah no i mean they executed their game plan perfectly um i think i will say this conceptually as that was obviously a gutsy win by them 
and congrats. And but uh, it's now you know with DeSmith going out, we don't know if Jari will likely be back till game three. So they have to worry about game two tomorrow night. Um, and if you're listening to this tonight at the Garden, uh, it'll be interesting to see if with Deming starting this this game because it's one thing for him to come in with adrenaline in that position and. You know, I think that's Louis Domingue is like the, you know, he's like that Curtis McElhinney tier, like the backups backup. You know what I mean? That like he's never going to be a starter, but he's the perfect guy because he's always happy. And he's like when he's not he's not uh, dressing, he's the third string goalie. He's just baking the team like cookies and cakes and making them things. And he came in, he was smiling in between whistles to the, the ref. So, and he looked really shocked he was going in, but he's got, he's just like a, one of those guys that is so jovial that he's made to be a perfect backup. You know what I mean? So, but it'll be interesting if he has to start that game for them, if DeSmith can't go um, and Jari's not ready to come back. That obviously concerns them. They are without Raquel now because he is day to day as well. Um, Gallant said Lindgren should be good to go, although he's banged up. Um, I, I sit him. I Listen. I mean, we can get into the X's and O's uh, of the. Uh, hear my take, Andy. I, yeah, I just yeah. want. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, I, go ahead. I, the no. one thing I need to. Yeah, yeah, we need we need to bring in as many guys as we possibly can to re- replace our current guys. I, I, the honest to God, Andy, I dress. Hunt needs to dress. I would even dress the goat. I would dr- dress Brzezinski, and I would dress. Uh, take Nemeth out. Put Braun in and put Jones in and you know and sit, and sit Lindgren and listen Lindgren needs the heel man he was listen I, I, he's the guy's a fucking warrior but y- you need to replace as many bodies we just played two hockey games we essentially played two full hockey games we need to overhaul this team put a, as many fresh guys this is one of the biggest advantages tell me if I'm wrong Andy that the New York Rangers have is that I do trust in Julian Gauthier to play fourth line minutes. I do trust in in Hunt to be a fucking maniac and bring energy to this team that desperately needs it. Um, he could scoot a little bit. Bring in Johnny Brzezinski that's going to fucking go balls to the wall. They're playing the fourth line minutes. It's not like I'm telling you to replace the bandage. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Well, I think this begs a, a, a probably what we should talk about for this next segment here, James. Uh, adjustments to the roster for the game two. We don't know. I don't know if it's in Turks. It's his way to to make adjustments like that. Uh, but 
if I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you if you were handed the uh, the lineup card, how what adjustments? How would you slot? Would you keep what lines? Would you change? What would you keep the same? How would you fill out uh, this roster or the starting roster for uh, game two? Yeah, well, there's a couple things I think that we would, you and I both would need uh, injury reports. Um, I'm going based. I think everyone's good to go for. Okay, so minus, uh, you know, I mean, Tyler Mott's not back, but he was included in the. Interestingly enough, he was included in the New York Rangers round one players, which is interesting. in terms of for the program. So I you have a part of, or excuse me for the, the, for the press. So you almost have to wonder, you know, and he, I think Galan had said something like they are hoping he can come back at some point, but it's not, he's definitely not coming back. He didn't skate or not for know, he hasn't skated yet. He's not, he's not coming back for game two. So only focusing on game two. Uh, I want to hear your lineup and what changes you would make. Uh, right, right off the bat, let's start with line one, obviously. Mika, Kreider, and Vetrano. I would give those guys a half a period. If Vetrano can't keep up, uh, something's got to give there. I move Lafreniere up and put Kreider, Laugh, and Zibanejad. Uh, move Vetrano down to the third line, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. I think if you got Kako feeding you know, Frankie the puck, I, I think you can create a lot of scoring chances there. Um, Panarin, Strom, Cop, I'd leave that. There's not much you can do there. Uh, I do worry that Panarin is hurt. Um, worst comes to worst. I maybe move Cop off that line, drop him down, maybe to add a little bit more speed. I don't know who you're filling the, that gap with, uh, right off the bat, but I, I don't think Kako should replace Cop, but I, I'd leave that line. I know I'm just talking, I'm mumbling, but, um, that would be maybe an in-game change for a couple shifts just to get that line going if they're struggling. Um, so I'd keep that line the same. Uh, third line, uh, you know, you, right now, let's just say you had Hedl, Kako, and Vetrano, uh, if you're moving Lafreniere up to the first line, which, again, I don't think those lines need to actually change. I mean, there's not much you can do. The fourth line, I think, is where you I would add some different pieces. Like, Goudreau obviously stays. Take Rooney out, bring in Brzezinski, take Reeves out, I'd add in uh, Hunt. Um, and then Hunt, I would use as a guy, listen, if you're fucking exhausted, is cop, if Cop's exhausted or if Panarin's exhausted, if you know Kreider's exhausted because they just played a power play or got caught out there with a long shift and hemmed in the zone, fucking use Hunt as that guy that fills in the gap right there for a couple shifts. You know, He should be fresh. He should be ready to go. I'd bring in Brzezinski. Um, to take you know Rooney's spot, Rooney just again looked like he was skating in quicksand last night. Uh, you know I want fresh legs, a little bit younger of a guy, uh, doesn't have a ton of minutes played under his belt. Uh, you know, again that's what I would do. And then defense, I would go. You're gonna have to go with like a. I'd keep Miller and Truba together, obviously, but Nemeth needs to come out. Uh, Schneider can stay. Uh, I would put Fox and Braun together. This way, you know, Fox can jump up into the play. Sit Lindgren, he's obviously hurt. The guy just fucking sold his soul to the devil on some of those fucking shots that he was blocking. Um, the one right off the knee, Andy. Oh my God, I felt that. Uh, and then bring in Jones to take Nemeth's spot. You know, I, I know you might have a Schneider Jones pairing, but fuck it. Just tell, tell those. 
tell those guys, listen, you're going to play minimal amount of minutes every time you get the puck high off the glass. Be calm, cool, collected. Don't, don't get beat to loose pucks. Pinch it against the boards if you have to, if you get stuck. But there's no reason. I, I feel confident those guys, those two, you know, essentially rookies going out there. I really do. I don't think you need a veteran president presence in Nemeth to be out there. I mean, Nemeth towards the end there couldn't move. He just played and he played a lot of minutes because Lindgren was hurt half the time. So that's what I would do, Andy. I'd go, you know, I'd go Fox and Braun. I'd go uh, Miller, Truba. And then I put the kids together in Jones and Schneider. Yeah, I mean. And obviously, Igor gets to start. I mean, you got to go with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, I think obviously you hit the nail on the head. I do think Hunt has to come in for this next game. I think he's definite. I know, like, yeah, I'm I, throwing a lot of names want, I imagine Revo is going to be the one to come out. And again, if he's only going to be effective for one period. Uh, and it's not like Pittsburgh was, you know, it was chippy, but it wasn't like a punish. It wasn't like Minnesota and St. Louis all out gang warfare. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. As much as I love Revo and how cool it was seeing him throw those big hits, didn't really seem to deter the Penguins to come back, claw back into that game. No, and you have Miller and Truba, who are two bigger yeah. guys that can stick and up. No, for listen, you. the Rangers were sticking up for themselves after scrums, after whistles and stuff. So that's not the issue here. Um, yeah, I think Hunt needs to come in. I think the, the Vetrano uh, sheen is starting to fade a bit here. I don't think matching him up against a, a line with Sidney Crosby on it is a good idea. Uh, if anything, I would almost think you, you know, you said you could either move laugh up there or hell you can put Kako back up there. Yeah. Um, you know, at least have a little bit more, if you're going to be this Crosby shutdown line, I'd like someone who's a little bit better defensively uh, there. So yeah, maybe Kako can be up to the task and then putting a pure shooter with on the third line uh, with Heedle and, and laugh might be a good, yeah, that could be a good result. I also think, you know, Goudreau has worked well on that third line at times with Lafreniere and Heedle. I wouldn't mind having, because Heedle, God bless him, can't win a face-off. And listen, I know I'm usually the face-offs are overrated crowd. I'm part of that. But when it's in your own, their defensive draws in your own end and you keep losing and then Pittsburgh keeps getting clear shot because you're not doing enough to get allow clear shots on net and you're not getting the puck back, then it's a problem. So just to alleviate that alone, I might shift Teal to the wing, leave Laugh on the, on the left wing and then put Goudreau in the middle just to help and then move Kako up. And then who knows, Vitrano, he can cycle on the, between the third and the fourth line with Heedel if he has to, you know what I mean? Uh, I it's just yeah they just need a new look at least a little bit I think um, although I, I I suspect their Turks just going to roll it out the same minus you know maybe Hunt going in I would I thought Brodzinski played really good down the stretch so I understand why he's not in right now but I think Hunt in and Brodzinski over uh, Rooney and Reeves is a pretty big upgrade you, you say what you will about Rooney's ability to kill penalties because he is good at it that's his maybe you could argue maybe the only thing he's good at but um yeah i just think that's clear a clear upgrade at this point over having reeves and um you know and rooney in for game two and then as far as the back end goes i think he pretty much summed it up uh i don't think anyone was particularly good fox i thought was fine you know but everyone i thought everyone was equally had tough moments. Maybe you could, I'd argue that Nemeth 
and Truba had more boneheaded plays than anyone else. But, you know, there was everyone made some bad choices. Lindgren was hurt. You don't know if that affected him, but he made some poor passes. Uh, as good as Keandre was at times, you know, obviously shutting down Malkin on that rush was really cool. But then just making, you know, trying to go up the middle with Crosby there to bat it down, just, you know, and then having to get back. And it's just, you know, but it's a learning experience. These guys, this team is very young. So I think obviously it's, it's again, I don't know. I want this team to win the series, but at the the same, I I would almost rather, you know, I don't know. I you I want to see some improvement, even if they lose this series or lose the next few games. I want to see them start cutting down on the mistakes because then it can at least shows me they can play stifling playoff hockey that they will need in the future of their development arcs to to be successful. Because you know they kind of got here a little ahead of schedule off of the back of Igor's, you know fantastic play early on and some you know important contributions and some you know growth through the group as a whole but again you can't just the everyone had terrible giveaways 75 giveaways between you know everyone on the team it's just unacceptable so uh yeah i wish zach jones would be able to get a chance in this lineup i don't think it's going to happen but they need someone who can make better breakouts and make actually pass the puck so i think you hit the nail on the head i would love to see him in the lineup i don't think we're gonna uh, Braun will most likely come in, you know, if if they're with the way everyone's banged up here. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's Schneider was a possible. mixed bag. I thought he had some really good moments and he was a rookie he had some really high, you know, good moments. And he had obviously that last goal. Him and Nemeth were. Uh, yeah, we're not in the we're, we're on, you know, we're elsewhere. <laughs> you know, they were just not in the right. They were the wrong place at the wrong time, basically. So. Yeah. I mean, Schneider barely played I, I, right here. I have a 22 19 in retrospect. Let's just say the Rangers played like almost two games. That's only yeah. 11 minutes each. So he barely played. Exactly. Um, I, I listen, if you're going to sit, listen, I don't even mind if you sit Schneider for Jones. I really don't yeah. like at this point. I, I don't think I don't think the Rangers really need. You know, I actually saw a tweet making fun of Ranger fans being like, you know, this is a lesson that, you know, you need a little bit more than grit. And like, I kind of agree. Like, we don't it's we're not a Schneider away from beating the Penguins. You know, I I think we're a head shake from beating the Penguins. I think the Rangers right now need to like go back into the locker room, be angry. And I do want to talk about, obviously, the goal, the Kako goal. Um. You know, I think the Rangers need to use that as fire and flip that into a positive and be like, listen, we got fucked. We'd all know that. But, you know, we got to come out smarter, a little bit more collected. You know, the playoffs is chaos, but it's like organized chaos. It's a, it's a symphony. Everything needs to be going on at the same time. It's crazy. You got all these different instruments playing, but there's a fucking pattern to it. And they all got to work, you know, in harmony at the right time. It's all about timing. It's, you know, spatial awareness. I thought the Penguins were just so brilliant. They could throw pucks to the weak side and there'd be a player there or there'd be a player going to it. The Rangers would be like expending so much energy to chase the puck over to that side and chase the puck over that side. I mean, when Crosby had the puck, every both defensemen would go right to him and he would know that and Getzel would know that and Getzel, you know, would break behind the defenseman and Crosby just a little closer pass that open ice and it would be right there on a stick and you know you know you got to move with the purpose there's got to be purpose to everything that you do 
it's not just about skating around and throwing a body. You know, perfect example. Listen, that is Reeves's game. But why is Reeves and Lafreniere playing the same style game? Like, they're kept on talking about, oh, Lafreniere's throwing the body around. That's his fifth hit of the period. It's like, that shouldn't be his game. That's not his game. You know, he needs to be, you know, possession of the puck, come into the zone, you know, slow the game down. Like, that's what he should be doing. Not banging bodies. Like, he's a bash brother. Like, I don't know, Andy. It just, everything needs to, like, everyone needs to pump the brakes, find out what they do best, and then do it. And, you know, that's going to fall on Gallant. This is a young team, but you got to also, you know, hem in the boys a little bit and basically say, you know, stop doing that shit. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, I spoke about it off the top is that I think the biggest takeaway should be that for, especially for a young team who thinks it's about raising their intensity level, it's, that doesn't mean you just run around and throw big hits for the sake of throwing them. And like, you can talk about all this establishing dominant stuff. Obviously, if you want to use it to close off a guy who's trying to get into your end. Yeah. Or if you're just finishing a check. Yeah. But if you're going to expel extra energy that could, you could use later just to make sure you splat, splat a guy on the, on the boards. Is that really the best? You know, yeah, you get an ooh from the crowd, but does that really serve the team? Does that going to, you know what I mean? So, or if you can just use that time and say, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm going to finish my check because you're supposed to, but, but sometimes, you know, I saw some hits that seemed kind of not, not, they weren't late, but they, they were, it was almost at the point where it's like, yeah, I know you want to finish your check, but I'd almost rather you make sure you're headed back the other way to support, you know, I felt the the Rangers did a horrible job supporting their defensemen at times and when the puck was going the other way. So yeah, I mean, again, that's, that should be the biggest takeaway from this team. And listen, you know what? They learned it in game one. Luckily it's not one and done. Uh, it's the first team to win four. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, and I say this, I take solace in the fact that no matter which one of these teams wins, eventually they're going to run into Colorado and get buzzsawed. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's just who, who can, who gets to have more fun in the Stanley cup playoffs before getting thrown into the wood chipper. Um, but I mean, listen, the Florida Panthers lose game one to, uh, to the caps last night. Because the Caps have been there, done that, and I think Florida has was high flying and off of a, you know a lower scoring game though, but uh, it tightened up, and it just goes to show that even on paper, there's not a doubt in my mind that the Florida Panthers are a better team uh, than the Washington Capitals. But some it sometimes doesn't matter who's better or who's stronger on paper. I just it's the experience and the we've been here, we've done this mentality of of the Washington Capitals and much like the Pittsburgh Penguins is such that doesn't matter. They were without, you know, I think they, they lost what Carlson towards the end of the John Carlson towards the end of the game and they lose um, Tom Wilson after the first period, but they just had so many guys that have been locked into that. We're going to keep it simple and effective playoff style. And they, and they executed and, and Bobrovsky's not the best goaltender and yeah, they ended up winning game one. So, uh, but again, like you know, I 
obviously it's like it's hard, you know, I much like I don't I don't think Tampa fans I don't think that series is over with the Toronto Maple Leafs by a long shot. I don't think the Panther series is over by a long shot. I don't think this one's over by a long shot, but again, I think it's important to you know, you have to you have to take away the right lessons and not take away the wrong ones, I guess is my is what I'm trying to say. No, I, and I, listen, I absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, especially those teams like, you know, the Florida Panthers where, you know, they're constructed to build to to win right now. Like the Tampa Bay Lightning with their cups, they've they've been built since the AHL. Like they had guys, you know, they had a feeder system, they have a system within the organization. Like that's how you win at this level. You can't just throw talent and say, look at this roster, we're gonna win the Stanley Cup. I think that's the problem with teams like, you know, the Florida Panthers that, you know, Although I do think they're a much better team than, than Washington. Absolutely shocked that they Washington won game one. But, you know, this is, you know, this is what I think the beginning of the Rangers are, certainly. You know, I think with Gallant establishing this sort of, you know, system, you know, with this lineup and these quote unquote all stars, I think the Rangers certainly have a chance and an opportunity to win. I don't think they're undeserving of winning. They just need to make the adjustments. And you know, Andy, you know, I'm going to bring this up now because I do think it's important. And, you know, I, I see a lot of people, especially non-Ranger fans, Ranger haters, talking about that the Rangers did never deserve to win. So why are you so upset with the, the reverse call? There are a lot of games in the playoffs that teams, Team X has deserved to win, but Team Y ends up pulling it off. Like, that happens all the time in the playoffs. That's not an excuse. Like the Rangers, yeah, didn't play good enough to win, but they probably should have won that game because they scored a goal that should have counted. And I want to bring this up. I I don't know what your thoughts are exactly, Andy, but in my eyes, I've watched this probably 150 times. I'm not even lying from multiple angles. That's a goal every single time. And I know it's a goal every single time because. If Sidney Crosby is Kako and you reverse the teams, that's 100% a goal. And you'll see that on every NHL highlight from here on out for the next decade until even when Crosby retires, that'll be on the highlight reel, uh, you know, thanking him for his, you know, uh, tenure in in Pittsburgh. That's without a doubt a goal. And, you know, I kind of want to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean... I just think I was listening to Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick talk it talk about it and it's weird a bunch of former players when asked said it was they were like oh it's no goal but then I don't know I've 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 kind of heard it split I think most fans are like oh that's totally goaltender interference well they're going to go with the league I don't think the league wants yeah. a lot of these players and I don't think these players want some of the heat of the league you can even see Henrik Lundqvist didn't, just didn't even want to really answer the question. No, yeah. And I mean, listen, I understand. And listen, I think it's smart of Gerard Gallant to, to, to downplay it because the second you feel like your, your team was jobbed out, uh, you've kind of already lost. You know what I mean? Because then you're just admitting that it has nothing to do with your performance no matter what anyway. Um, but I mean, you know, I guess my th- feeling is that he was so 
close to him, like, was there any way for Kako to get out of the way or stop? It would listen, and I, I, it was tough. I'm not saying it was it was clearly an easy call to make, even if I ultimately think it should have stood. Um, and knowing that, obviously, I cannot, I cannot with, I cannot remove myself from my ranger uh, bias tendencies, but. You know, I don't know. It's just he's there. There is contact. It's not it's not like a blatant like you see his arms thrust and explode. But at that point, it's like, you know, I guess if you say Kako's lane of approach needed needs to be different. I mean, he's allowed to take it to the to the paint. I just don't you know, it's just and there's not really anywhere else for him to go because he's got a guy right on him who's, you know, applying pressure to him. But. I I also get, I get it's like I get it the other way even though if I ultimately do think it should have been allowed it should have stayed the problem but, is it is split that's the pro- you know that's the problem I well, have well yeah that's it. the big problem like is every, that there's no it's there's a gray no, it's a gray area it's a gray area because Kako you don't know the route he would have taken it's gray area. well that's the problem with the rule that's why this situation sucks it's not that there was goalie interference and the goal is taken away yeah that sucks as a Ranger fan what sucks as a hockey fan and everyone should be pissed off about is that it's a gray area. Number one, first things first, it was called a goal on the ice, right? Immediately, the ref kind of saw the push, which is why he called it a goal, right? The refs didn't overturn it. The NHL overturned it. And that also is fucking bullshit because the Penguins are like 13 and 13 on challenges this year, which is great. You, did, you haven't lost any challenges please spare me the bullshit you know the nhl loves Sidney crosby and loves pittsburgh but that's another argument number two uh right here i'm I'm actually on twitter jeff d assistant to the alternate captain it's at itme jeff d has a frame-by-frame breakdown of the play kako is clearly going to cut in front of the smith like without a doubt He's only not allowed to do that because there's a push from Dumoulin into him. And that causes him to not even really fully run into DeSmith. Like DeSmith is pushing out towards Kako. You can't just push out towards the player and then claim goalie interference. If the, if the goalie pushes out towards the player, that's not the player interfering with the goalie. That's the goalie interfering with the player. And listen, the puck is in the crease. So the rules are, you're allowed in the crease if that's where the puck is. And he's allowed to follow the path of the puck. Like, that's definitely allowed. And uh, as, as, uh, as Valaket stated, you know, in, in between period, you know, this should have been a goal, without a doubt. Like, the fact that this is not a goal is, is bad for the game. Like, and the fact that it's a gray area and the fact that it's split this much and the fact that you know it's kind of like the uh the balls and strikes in the mlb like the fact that it's a problem i'm sorry not the balls and strikes in mlb it's like the you know what's a catch in the nfl the fact that it's such a gray area and no one can really define it and it seems to change year by year like that's a that's a black guy for the nfl this goaltender interference because it's so arbitrary and you can go either way with it it's bad for the league and they really, really need to fix it and be very clear on what exactly the rules are. Because 
And sorry, this is long-winded, Andy, but I'm sorry. But if the goaltender pushes out towards the player and is also part of, you know, uh, also part of the cause of contact, then there should not be any goalie interference. I understand they get the crease, but the rules clearly state that if the puck is in the crease, the player has every right to be in there too. And, you know, Kako is clearly pushed from behind. He's clearly making a turn to avoid the goaltender. And yes, there is contact, but not all contact is bad. Like sometimes there's contact and it's still a goal. And that's exactly what happened. So, and Dumoulin took out the Smith, so he could never recover. That's not Kako's fault either, you know? So, um, yeah, that's my gripe. You know, I'm not blaming this call for the game. I think the Rangers have much bigger problems and they shouldn't dwell on it as a team. It, you know, should fire them up a little bit and use it as fuel because I think that's a plus. But Andy, uh, it, for the league's sake, they need to figure this out because the fact that it's black and white is that it's not black and white and there's too many shades of gray with this is really bad for the for the playoff. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's still a lot of rules in the rule book that need further illumination. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think I'm still, honestly, I think the, for me, I think the inequality of, of, of the amount of calls made last night sits with worse with me than the actual overturn goal. Um, you will, we will, I have to wonder if there will be, it'll even out, which could help obviously benefit the Rangers a lot. Um you know, especially if if they if Louis Domingue is in net for their next <laughs> game, you know what I mean. But uh, I think just fair. Like, listen, I, I as excited and pumped that rain, the playoff hockey is back and the Rangers are back in the playoffs, and all the adjustments they've made. It's just so much when so much of your roster is that young, and hence the coach is reticent to play. Like the the fourth line played more than the kid line which is the dumbest thing you know i don't know i love everything that turk's done this year but he's an archaic coat dinosaur like almost everyone else uh coach in this league and that's why you're he loves you know his fourth line and his vets and all this other you know stuff so I, you know, if I just, I think I would almost rather lose, but hang your, let your kids play and let them lose than like maybe try to win, but staple the kid line to the bench and not let them play as much as, you know, Ryan Reeves and, and Rooney and, uh, you know, and, and just Barkley Goodrow. Like, I get it. You want to win, but I just. I'm surprised. I, I, I almost would rather them make the mistakes. You know, if you played them and that kid line made more mistakes, hopefully they would learn from their mistakes or learn they'd have a light bulb moment. Oh, like this, if we want to, we're getting hemmed in by the top line. We need to set, look, figure out how to shut down cycles, even though, you know, maybe we're not as big and strong or whatever, you know, or Kaka's like, okay, if, if when this happened, when this wraps, I stand here and I can hold it. And then I have, these are my, you know, they that you need them reps to figure that stuff out and i'm glad obviously um yeah gallant just kind of went back to what he was more comfortable with in terms of you know his personnel deployment but if anything if you're gonna do that i would almost rather him uh you know break the kid line up and put have a kid on almost you know the first and the third line and then 
go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, listen, I, I agree with you. I, I didn't see everyone keeps saying how great the kid line. I, I was eyes glued, heart skipping beats. I, you know, nervous as shit. I didn't see the kid line play well enough to garner more shifts. Um, Lafreniere looked like death out there in terms of being gassed. I mean, hunching over. I think body posture matters. You know, if I'm Gallant and I see his facial expressions and him leaning over, exhausted, yeah, you're not going to play, man. Like, it is what it is. There's a part of you that, like, I know you're in pain. I know you're hurt and I know you're out of breath, but you cannot show that to a coach. You cannot show that to your opponent. You got to bury some of those things. I mean, look at Lindgren. I mean, that guy, everyone knew he was hurt except for him. I mean, he just refused to, like, he just didn't acknowledge his injuries. He came out, he did what he could. There comes a time where I think coaching staff needs to step in and, and, and not allow a player to, to play if, you know, if they're too hurt. But, you know, I think it's also, there's a balancing act, right? You, you can't show negative emotions out there. You know, you got to be cool, calm, collected. You know, you don't see Sidney Crosby, you know, hunching over like, oh man, I'm exhausted. Like, I can't believe we're in double overtime. Like, he's on the fucking bench. As soon as he sits on the bench, he's yelling at the defenseman, shoot the puck lower. Like, he, it's not, he's not fake. You know, his first shift is the same as the last shift he took in triple overtime. So, you know, hopefully a lot of the players pick up on that. Uh, you know, again, Panarin, body language, body posture. You're a leader on this team. There's little things that you can do to kind of, you know, I know you're having a tough night, but you don't show it. You don't express it. You kind of keep it to yourself. You know, that's what immature immaturity brings. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense, but. Uh, no, to- totally does. And yeah, just frustrating. Overall, it's just a frustrating night. Yeah, but, you know, listen, it is. It was. Because you're right there. You're right there. You could have yeah, won. you're right there. And I think. The good news is they were right there. That and they should have won. Yeah, like, I mean that's the crazy thing. You know, the craziest thing to think about is if everything else stood up um, when Fox in overtime comes and passes it to to Strom, if he was in a little bit, you know, more ready for it, and doesn't shank the shot. Yep. You know, the Rangers win an OT, so they had their chance. You know what I mean? Uh, y- you know, it's again, it, it's painful. It stings. It was a oh, shitty way to lose. Um, and this this game this series is a lot more. I think it's people are realizing regular season. Uh, you realize why Pittsburgh probably favored a lot more than Ranger fans would initially, th- or you know, or maybe it deluded them into believing, or even just fans, neutral fans in general. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you're matching up, if if Kreider and Zibanejad and Vitrano are matching up against the first line, and they're getting that badly outplayed by Sidney Crosby, there's there's your biggest glaring problem. You know what I mean? So you got to figure that out. They have to figure that out. Even if it just that means your your goal in life or whenever you're on the ice is not to get the puck back and make score a goal if you're Kreider and Zibanejad. But if your sole purpose is to to shut that line down and make sure they do nothing and then let Panarin and and Cop worry about the the Evgeny Malkin line, and then the third kid line worry about, you know, 
keeping creating offense against the Penguins bottom six. That works for me, but because the way they did it last night is not going to not going to work. So we'll see. We'll see if they make adjustments. They'll see if they'll play with more within themselves. I mean, I read a stat that between like Kreider, Truba, um, you know, I, I mean, just some of the veteran players, just the amount of giveaways they all had was inexcusable, you know, so. Uh, yeah, so again, luckily, those are things that can be cleaned up. And you have to wonder, it'll, I, I'll definitely interested to see how they come out game two and what their approach to the feel and flow of that game is. Because um, again, yeah, it's not over. And, I, you know, I don't know. It's like I want them to win because I'm a Rangers fan. But at the same time, I just want to see that they're capable of playing. Playoff style hockey, you know what I mean? Or smart hockey or game, managing games within themselves. You know what I mean? Because for whatever reason, you know, I I almost would have rather have them lost in regu- lost in regulation if if they had, you know, a bad second period, but then just kind of you know, maybe got it back to a little bit, made some adjustments in the third, but they just, there was really no adjustments for the rest of the game. Pittsburgh then just was, you know, went into patience mode and, but still got their chances because the Rangers just there were not on their toes and were not recognizing, uh, dangerous, you know, patches of soft ice. So, but again, you know, whether we like it or not, this series is not is not over. I know there's so many Ranger fans right now who just kind of want to pack it in and call it a day and regroup for next season. But uh, yeah, this is a best of this is the best of four. So we still have uh, some more games to be played here. So we'll see how, th- how they respond, you know, um, going forward. Um, James, you have anything else before we uh, wrap this one up? Yeah, I just have I have two things. Number one. Igor deserves to be praised. His again, I know we touched on it, but this, we need to single him out and find, almost end the podcast on him. Historic night for his first real playoff game in Madison Square Garden, building buzzing for all the people that didn't know if he was able going to be able to step up and be a big game goalie. I think you know the question has been answered. I mean, oh, that's yeah. as as big as it can get. He had more energy playing the puck and and skating around the net and and getting side to side he had more energy than anybody out there so that is something you love to see and to kind of go along with this you know all the people that hate the rangers and say you know we're too reliant on a goalie yeah that that is true but good goalies win you games in the playoffs i mean the goaltending on the pittsburgh side won them that game you know we had opportunities to score more especially in the first the Smith played very well. Like, so to dismiss goaltending and saying, well, every team, you know, teams don't rely on goaltending. In the playoffs, every team relies on goaltending. It every goalie's got to play lights out every night to win a game in the playoffs. So all I gotta say is, you know, stick tap to Igor. Uh, I'm so happy we have him. And, you know, I, I'm just glad he was able to play a historic game. He played big. I mean, he had like a 952 save percentage and he gave up four goals. I mean, think how incredible that is. So, um, yeah, uh, that's all I got, Andy. Yeah. So, again, if you're listening to this Thursday morning, uh, hopefully this team makes adjustments. Hopefully the coach makes adjustments. Uh, But, yeah, listen, I mean, no matter what, we, we have to try to enjoy the ride here. Because, you know, it, again, I think there's so many other uh, fan bases out there that can attest that 
you just don't know how long or short it's going to be. I mean, Pittsburgh was a team that was out in the first round last year, although you can maybe argue that was more based on goaltending than anything. And then the year before that, they were out in the first round. But hey, now they're looking to make it go. So it's never... You can regroup. You can come back. Um, it's important that the Rangers are getting this experience right now, uh, playing meaningful minutes, playing meaningful games, realizing what what it takes. So even if they can't get it done this time, they can get it done in the future. But um, listen, for the purposes of this podcast, I and for my own sake of my own fandom, I it's it's easy to be fickle right now and be like, well, the series over. But you know what? I'm. I think they've earned this team has earned the benefit of the doubt to show how they respond and if they can make the adjustments. Um, and luckily, we have Igor. So even if, as well as DeSmith plays in Game One or Domingue came in relief, or if Jari comes back, can yeah, if uh, this Penguins team has to play this version of Igor, <laughs> you know, how many more, ever many more times are they going to win every matchup? I'm not. I'm not so sure. So, but we'll see. Um, there's a lot of unknowns right now, and it's kind of at the feet of this Rangers team to see if they can uh, they can put the pieces back together. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.